0: I'm not Pastor Jack. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. How are you all doing this morning? All right. Pastor Jack asked me to preach this morning because it is graduation Sunday. I'm going to tell you that the the message is not just for the graduates. I want you to to hear that. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 10. If you turn there with me right now. And we're going to start with reading some scripture. When I stop here in pages' turn, I will, I will begin. <laughs> All right. And now, Israel. What does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I'm commanding you today for your good. This morning, I want to, I want to focus in on a couple of words fear the Lord your God my first question for you this morning is do you fear the Lord do you fear the Lord because I think that's an important thing because over 300 times within the Bible it says something to the fact of fear God fear the Lord your God or or do you fear the Lord It it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's a fountain of life. It is cleansing. It is the hatred of evil. It is a treasure. And it is reserved. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? Now, I will say this that if you were seeking any of those things, right, we are to fear the Lord. Most of the time, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we, we use words like respect, awe, reverence. I believe those are Mary poppinized versions of what fear of the Lord is. It's like the spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down. And we are much, we're much more comfortable with those words, like reverence, awe, respect. Mm-hmm. Right? We're comfortable with that. We, we don't think of the word terrified. Right? We, we really give it a human aspect of how we respect one person to another. But I don't think it's a human-to-human kind of thing. It's more like us being in the cage with a lion. When We, we have a different kind of respect for a lion when we're in the cage with it. Right? It's different between me and my boss. You know, That's a different kind of respect than that lion. Because I know that lion can tear me up. Destroy me. Right? It's a terrifying thought, you know, to be in a cage with a lion. One of my favorite books, novels of all time, is part of a series called The Chronicles of Narnia. There, there's the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. And there's a part where Lucy comes into Mr. Beaver, and they're talking about Aslan the lion. Right? Aslan is the archetype of Jesus in the the Chronicles of Narnia. And he said, and, and Lucy asked, is he safe? And the response from Mrs. Beaver is, no, he's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good, and he's the king. And I'm ringing, I have it on do not disturb, I don't know what's going on. Like, I have it on airplane mode, it's still ringing. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's God calling, you know? (laughs) I don't know. So, when I read Scripture, I don't know about you, but there's a picture of God that I get that doesn't just demand earthly respect or an awe. There's a terrifying coming into the presence of God. is terrifying. Let me give you some examples from within Scripture. Hebrews 10 says it's a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of, a God, of God, of the living God, right? That is, it's terrifying. Jesus says it's better to fear God who can destroy the soul than to fear man who can only kill the body. When Moses, who wrote this, took the Israelites to the mountain of God, the same place where God was a consuming fire and didn't consume the bush, right? And they hear God speak, and they run. They hightail it out of there because they are afraid. And they say things like this, don't let God talk to us. You talk to us, but don't let God talk to us. They had seen God destroy the Egyptians, cover them with water as they tried to follow them. They had seen the plagues of Egypt. They knew the terrifyingness of God. Even so much that when Moses went onto the mountain, just the residue of Moses being with God terrified them. And they made him put on a mask. Right? They made him put on a veil. It's a terrifying thing. We have have stories of Job when he questions God. He ends up saying, Oh, I've just spoke of things I shouldn't have ever spoke of. I'm now terrified. I despise myself. I deserve to be destroyed. Okay? We've got Isaiah who sees God high and lifted up in in the temple. And when he comes face to face with the living God, he says, woe is me. I'm lost. I live among a people of unclean lips. I have unclean lips, and I've seen God. I don't deserve to live. Ezekiel comes before God, and he is knocked on his face. Just coming into the presence of God. And not to to skip the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, John, who sees the risen Jesus, sees him glorified, sees fire in his eyes, falls down like a dead man before God, before Jesus. Terrifying. Unless we forget, this is the same God who flooded the earth for his own name's sake destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah sucked up Korah and his rebellion into the ground killed Ananias and Sapphira like that because they dishonored him and you know what happens when when he kills Ananias and Sapphira the fear of the Lord comes upon the people I don't think that's just respect and awe. I think it's terror. Now, that being said, that's the beginning of the fear of the Lord. That's not all of it. But until we see God as He truly is, we do not fear the Lord. Right? We don't see His majesty until we come face to face with Him. We don't understand our own sinfulness until we come face to face. See, the thing that terrorizes us, the thing that scares us the most, is because we come face to face with God's holiness and who he is. And we understand how much we don't measure up. See, the idols that we have placed in God's place in our lives mostly of self, come crumbling down when we come into his presence. Like when the Ark of the Covenant went, goes into the, the temple of Dagon and the, the, uh, the, the idol of Dagon falls. Not only does it just fall, you know, in our lives, God just crushes it and pummels it and destroys it. And we understand the holiness of God and how unholy we really are. Amen. We understand where our place really is and how undeserving of God's grace we really are. See, until, until God puts us in that place, till we have that experience, till we see God as He really is and we start to realize who we really are. We don't understand how bad sin really is. Right? A lot of times, we play with sin because we don't understand the fear of the Lord. We... We, we play with things that God has written in His Scripture that says, you shall not do that. And we, we go, eh, it's okay. It's not that bad. We put ourselves above God at that point, and we have decided what is sin and what is not. And when we come into the presence of a holy God, He casts that down. See, we don't understand what true humility is before God until we have the right idea of who God is and how terrifying that is. Now, once we are in the right place, once we realize how terrifying God is to us, and we, we, have, we are in our proper place of humility, God does something really cool, right? This is where we get to see God's grace and mercy. This is where, in Isaiah's case, God took a coal off the altar. That coal's really cool because where does, where, what is on the altar? The blood of the lamb, right? God takes the blood of the lamb, touches Isaiah's lips, and cleanses him. In Job, he restores his fortune when, when Job finally fears God correctly. And when Jesus calls Peter, Peter comes into contact with Jesus. Jesus has the, tells them to cast their nets on the other side, and they pull up, pull up this massive fish, catch a fish, right? And, and it's unlike anything they've ever done, Peter realizes who Jesus is and that he is Lord. His response is, depart from me, I'm sinner, right? The next thing Jesus says is, hey, now that you realize that, I can use you. Now that you realize who you are, you're going to be catching men from now now on. See, until we realize who we really are, God's not going to use us the way he wants to use us because we're stubborn. And we don't, we don't, um, we don't follow right. We don't understand our, how, how desperate we are for him. Right? So when we come into his presence, we humble ourselves because we have come into his presence and we realize who he is and who we are, he lifts us up. He raises us up. He gives us a new identity, a new purpose. See, the second half of this scripture is about what happens when we fear the Lord. Right? It says, we walk in his ways. We realize that when we fear the Lord, there is no other way to walk. Right? We don't want to walk to the right or to the left. We want to stay right in His will. Because it now, once we've, God has lifted us up, it now terrifies us to be out of His will. Right? it terrifies us to be out of so we walk in his ways we realize how much grace and mercy and love he has for us because we don't deserve anything we've gotten there's not a part of us that is deserves to be redeemed because a holy god doesn't have to do anything but he does and so he lifts us up and we realize that we have been the recipients of his love and we love him in return. And, and then, last thing is that we serve him. We are now servants of the most high God. God the one who is to be feared and to be worshipped. And our lives get new direction. And we get a new identity as servants. And we are sent on a mission to those around us. Because now we fear God. And now that fear shows others what our God is like. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> iPads acting wacky. But guys, this is this is what God is doing. Use it. Understand. The whole purpose, the whole thing that God desires of us is to be in this relationship of fear of the Lord. Solomon says it in a way that after all that he has gone through after all the wives, and all the the luxuries, and all the things that he has had, he says, this is the end result, that the chief end of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Right? That's our our purpose. That's our, our end. We should be fearing God and Keep his commandments. And then the last, the last thing it says is that we desire to obey God's commandments because at this point, because when we fear God, we understand that that, that is for our own benefit. That God set forth commandments for us, not because God wanted to set forth rules, Because he understood that it was the the best thing for us. The, the, The things that God commands in Scripture or He forbades in Scripture, those are for our benefit. The things that the world is out there saying is okay that God says is not, that's for our benefit. We have, we have, I, I'm going to say it this way. With, with the Mary Poppinizing of, of the word, fear of the Lord, the result is that we don't see God's commandments as our benefit anymore. Because we don't understand our sinfulness. And we don't understand how important that is because of God's holiness. Moses says something to these people in verse 16. He says, Circumcise the, the foreskin of your heart and do not rebel against God. Surrender. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the covenant of circumcision in Sunday school, and it, it talked about how that set them apart. Set the people of God apart from every other nation in the Old Testament. That's what it was all about, was setting them apart and part of the covenant. Now it's, it's a heart issue of setting ourselves apart for the purposes of God and fearing God. Don't And it says, don't be stubborn surrender. That is the the reality. Surrender. When we come to Christ, it is a surrender. It's a surrender of the old life. (coughs) It's surrender of being God of our own life. And putting God in his rightful place as Lord. Lord. Because he's not just Lord of our lives, he's Lord of the universe, right? He, He is way beyond just our lives. And everything was created for him, by him, and through him, through Jesus Christ, for his purposes. And we will not be where we're supposed to be until we surrender to those purposes. We surrender to the word of God. And we look at the word of God and say, Because you say God, I will. Not, okay, I'm going to look at scripture and I'm going to decide what I want to follow today. If we fear God, we will look at scripture and say, Because you say, I will. It won't be, it won't be even a choice for us. That if we, the choice has been made when we fear God at that point. So today, as the band is is about to come back, I end where I began. Do you fear God? Do you fear God? If so, If so, what is God calling you to surrender? What area of your life are you you being called to surrender to? Where have you made a high place in your life that God needs to knock down and have control of? And if you have not, if if you don't fear God, ask Him to show you what it means to fear Him. Ask him where you need to believe him more so that you can be used by God and you can fulfill the purposes of what God has created you for. The altar is open this morning as Darren and the band um, lead a response song. Let's pray. Father God, you are holy, mighty, and worthy of every praise. This morning, I ask that you show us where we need to come alongside to to be aligned with what it means to fear the Lord. God, where you have plans for us in this community, and in this church, and in our lives, God, to glorify you and God, please show us that this morning. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. In your son Jesus Christ's name, amen.